Hello, and welcome to episode 41 of the Vegan Business Tribe podcast with myself, David Pennell, co-founder of Vegan Business Tribe. And if you have a vegan business or you're just thinking about starting one, then Vegan Business Tribe, we're here to support you and to inspire you, not just to build a vegan business, but to build a successful vegan business. So what's been going on at Vegan Business Tribe recently? Well, last week, Lisa and I spent the evening with Josie Clemens, the first ever vegan chef to star in Gordon Ramsay's Hell's Kitchen. Now, Josie did a kitchen takeover at the Allotment Vegan Eatery in Manchester, which was absolutely magnificent. And we got to spend some time chatting with Josie afterwards about how she first turned down the opportunity to appear on Hell's Kitchen because she'd have to cook non-vegan food on the show. But she then realised that if she wanted to get the vegan message out there, that this was her chance and that it would be a huge platform to engage with non-vegans. And I would like to think that Josie can perhaps take a little bit of the credit that we're now seeing Gordon Ramsay being a lot more open to vegan food and recipes recently. And we are looking forward to catching up with Josie again soon. We've also got Vegan Camp Out coming up here in the UK, where Lisa and I will be glamping for the weekend. I would say camping, but we've got an airbed and a tent that you can stand up in. So I'd be lying if I said that we were really roughing it. But I know that we've got quite a few of our Vegan Business Tribe members going to Vegan Camp Out also. So it will be great to finally catch up with some of you face to face. And if you're part of our community over on the website, you'll have also seen that we've doubled the number of business clinics that we're running. And we absolutely love doing business clinics with our members. So if you have a problem in your vegan business, or you just want to get some feedback and advice from myself and Lisa and your fellow vegan business owners, then our business clinics are just run in small groups. And we do them on Zoom. And we go around the virtual room and spend time collectively working on each business together. And if this sounds like something that you would really benefit from, you know, that would really help your vegan business, then get yourself booked on to one of our vegan business clinics over on the website, just so we can see how we can help you out too. And every week, I do like to give a quick call out to our Vegan Business Tribe members, because if you're just listening to this podcast every week, but you're not actually a member of Vegan Business Tribe, well, we still love you just as much, but you are missing out on 90% of what Vegan Business Tribe is all about. And it's our members who allow us to keep putting out this podcast every week, to keep producing all our content running our vegan business networking meetups and just generally championing the vegan business cause worldwide. And if you want to also help us keep doing all that, whilst at the same time being part of our amazing vegan business community, then it's just £12.99 a month to be a member. And as I say every week, that's the equivalent of buying a coffee once a week from your local coffee shop. 
So if you want to join our vegan business revolution, just head over to the website at veganbusinesstribe.com or drop me an email on hello at veganbusinesstribe.com and tell me all about your vegan business. Now, if you're a regular listener, you might have noticed that this podcast doesn't really have a set episode length. So I aim for about 30 minutes, but I kind of just go on for as long as the topic needs. But in this session, I was tempted to actually go for the shortest episode length record because the question we're asking is, does email marketing work? And I could have answered with a single emphatic yes and then just wrapped it up there. Thank you for listening. Bring up the outro music and I'll see you on the next one. But if you have chosen to listen to a session titled, Does Email Marketing Work? Then that means that you probably have some doubt. Maybe you've never done it before. Or maybe you actually have the question, if email marketing works, then why isn't it working for me? So, Today, I want to bust some myths on email marketing and take a close look at how it actually works. Now, I'm not going to go all techy on you because I learned a long time ago not to give technical advice on podcasts or articles that I write because as soon as I tell you what button to press or how to set something up, the very moment those words leave my lips, the platform will change how it works or they will move a button to somewhere else. So if you've never set up email marketing before and you need help, then there are hundreds, if not thousands of tutorials and YouTube videos, or you can drop into our Vegan Business Tribe community hub on Slack and ask the other members what they use and if they can give you some pointers. Now, Personally, I've always used a platform called MailChimp, mainly because I like monkeys, but it's the one that I tend to recommend because it spans that gap between being really easy to use for a beginner, but also letting you get really technical if you want to. But other people, they use other email marketing platforms. And to be honest, as long as it's a professional email marketing platform, they all do pretty much the same thing. The main thing you want to look out for, though, is make sure that you find an email marketing website or platform or app that lets you connect it to your website. So if somebody fills in a form on your site or they place an order or they download a PDF or they just send you a message through your contact form, then you can set up your email marketing platform so that this person is then also automatically added to your mailing list. And this is really important because it goes to the core of what email marketing is and how it works. Because email marketing, it does work, but it doesn't necessarily work like you think it does. Imagine if I just walked up to you in the street and asked you if you wanted to buy something, you'd probably say no, regardless of what I was actually selling. Why? Because it would be the first time that you'd met me and you don't know anything about me. So even if I was selling something that you might be actually interested in buying, 
you don't know if you can trust me and you know nothing about where my product has come from. So why would you buy something from somebody you've just met on the street when you could buy it from a shop that you already know? Or you could order it on Amazon where you know you get your money back if it doesn't work out. But this, unfortunately, is how a lot of people view email marketing. People think that they can just email a list of people out of the blue and those people will buy what you have to sell. You think, well, I'm emailing vegans and I'm a vegan company, so they're going to absolutely flock to me. Or everybody says how great my product is. So if I email loads of people about how great it is, then they will see this and they will buy it too. But it just doesn't work like that. Marketing in general doesn't work like that. My father used to always say that marketing doesn't work because he'd never seen an advert for a can of beans in the paper and then run down to the supermarket and bought a tin. And he was right. That's just never going to happen. How many times has a company just emailed you and you've clicked on the link and bought what they were selling? I would hazard a guess and say hardly ever. And I'm also willing to bet that those companies where you have done that, they were companies that you already knew, that you were familiar with and you trusted them. Or you might have already been a customer of theirs in the past. And that's the key. People will not buy from you until they feel that they know you and your brand or they've got trust in your company and product and truly believe that what you sell will solve their problem. And getting to that point, that takes a lot of time and a lot of effort. And it's probably the number one reason why small companies fail. It's not that the product that they have is wrong. It's just that they haven't been able to convince enough people to like and trust them as a company. And they give up before they've even properly got that company off the ground. Because your company, and I hate to break this to you, but your company is not at the centre of your customer's universe. There is a lot of noise out there. And even if someone is genuinely interested in what you sell one day, they will have been swamped by everything else vying for their attention by the next day. So how many times have you done this yourself? You've met a company selling something that you genuinely need and that you want, but you never became a customer. You come across a product that you love and it will solve a problem for you, but you simply never get around to buying it. 95% of the people that we meet as a business, maybe even higher than that, they are not ready to buy from you at the point they meet you. Now, I'm going to be doing a little bit of signposting to other resources in this episode. And if you want to learn more about buying behavior and understanding how your customers get to those buying decisions, then do go take a look at the Vegan Business Tribe marketing course on the Vegan Business Tribe website. Because chapter five on understanding people's buying behavior goes into all this in a lot more detail. And the reality is that lots of people 
who have come across your company or brand in the past, they would have become customers if only you'd kept in touch. Have you ever been to a vegan fair or a market and you've chatted to the owner of a business and you loved what they did and then the next day you've completely forgotten the company name? A week later, you've completely forgotten that you even had the conversation. Now, if instead that company had managed to extract just your email address out of you, along with your permission to keep in touch, then they would have been able to build on that conversation that you had. And there would have been a really good chance that at some point you would have ended up spending money with them. They would have been able to gently nurture you along a buying decision. And this is what email marketing is incredibly good for. And it's why you should be doing it as a business. In marketing speak, and I do try to avoid using marketing speak most of the time, but it's called nurturing. It's taking someone who's already self-identified that they have an interest in what you do, else they wouldn't have ended up on your mailing list, and continuing to nurture them towards becoming a customer. Because remember, no one buys something from someone they have never heard of before, no matter how great the product and these people on your mailing list, they might be people who stopped at your stand at a trade show. They might have downloaded something from your website or even booked in for a call with you. These are the people who are interested. But something else has to happen before they become a customer. So you need to lead them along another step or a number of steps before they are willing to part with money. So let's take a look at this a little bit closer. And I'm going to apologize if you thought that by now I'd be talking about how to lay out an email attractively or sharing my seven top tips for engaging email subject lines. And yes, all that has an effect, but you will work a lot of that out yourself through trial and error. It's this deeper understanding of how and why email marketing actually works that I want you to take away today. This is the stuff which separates a marketeer from someone who is just sending out emails and crossing their fingers that they might get some sales on the back of that. So let's go back to some marketing basics. And all of this will become relevant to email marketing in a moment. Now, there are five reasons why people don't buy from you. And they are no need, no desire, no money, no trust, and just no rush. So to run through those, number one, no need. If someone has no need for what you are selling, then they're never going to buy it. You won't get far trying to sell left-handed potato peelers to right-handed people. Number two, no desire. So they might be able to use the product or service you are selling, but you've just not got them excited about buying it. They might come around to buying it when they absolutely have to. Three, no money. And if someone simply doesn't have the money in the bank, then you have to be more creative about how you can still make that sale. Number four, no trust. So somebody can need, want and have the money for your product. But if they don't trust you or your company, and not because you're dodgy or you've done anything bad, just because they're not familiar with you yet, 
or if they don't trust that your product will solve their problem, then they are not going to buy. And then number five in that list, no hurry. And this is everyone's favorite customer. Yeah, I'm going to buy when I get around to it, when I'm in the area, when I've got a good reason to, you know, etc., etc. And we've all had customers just like that. And once you understand these five reasons why people don't buy, you can understand that those reasons or objections, we should really call them, they can also change. So when somebody says no to buying your product, often what they are actually saying is not yet. So someone might have no need for your product when they first meet you, but then the one they've already got, that breaks. Or they fall out with their current accountant. Or they win a new contract and decide that they actually do need that new website to win more contracts just like it. And overnight, they go from no need to need right now. Or somebody, they might love your product, but they haven't got the money for it when they first learn about you. But then an end of month bonus comes in or they get a refund on their tax bill and all of a sudden they're in the market. And if in that time you haven't been keeping in touch with that person, if you haven't been sending them your customer reviews, your case studies, keeping them updated on your latest products and just making them familiar with your brand values, getting them to feel like they know you, if you've been doing all of this, then when that reason for not buying changes, you'll be at the front of the line for picking up that new customer. And you guessed it, your email marketing is 100% the best way to do this. Let me give you a brilliant example. And it's an example I use in the marketing course on the website too, because it's one that happened to me. It's not technically by a vegan company, but it's just a brilliant example of how this works. Now, in our former life, Lisa and I helped a lot of companies with their marketing strategies around trade shows and live events. And one company that we were working with, they'd booked a place at a three-day trade show at the Birmingham NEC Conference Centre. And they wanted to look at having a custom stand built for the event. Now, having a custom stand built, it's expensive. And especially if you're only going to use it for three days. But I found a company who specialized in building custom stands for conferences. I had a brief exchange about pricing, but it was just way out of that customer's budget. So that conversation never went any further. But because I'd first sent this company a message through their website contact form, I found myself on their mailing list. Even though I'd said they were too expensive for the job, even though I had rejected them outright, I still got an email from them every month without fail for 18 months. And I didn't open a single one. Their email marketing, it was a complete failure as far as I was concerned. They will have been slaving away, coming up with content and interesting things to say and trying out different subject lines to try and get me to open that email. And I saw none of that because they just went straight into my recycle bin. They may as well have saved their megabytes. But then, 
A year later, I was working with another company who booked a stand for the 17-day Ideal Home Show at London Olympia. Big show, huge investment and a big run-up. And guess what? The day after I started talking to this company about helping them at the Ideal Home Show, that monthly email from the custom exhibition stand construction company, it dropped into my inbox. And you know where this is going. I couldn't believe that they had emailed me just at the time I was talking to someone about doing a big exhibition. They must have been mind readers. But the truth is that it took a year and a half of them emailing me constantly and me completely ignoring them for them to have emailed me at just the right time to be relevant. I had moved from that number one reason why people don't buy, no need, to potential need. And what you need to learn from this is that their emails to me, they weren't spam, which is why I never actually unsubscribed over that time. Because spam, that's just non-targeted messages that the receiver is really unlikely to be interested in. But I was somebody who had some interest in specifying and buying custom-built exhibition stands, else I would not have been on their website and found myself on their mailing list. Had they just sent out emails blindly to the general public, they would have literally been wasting their time. But as it stood, they won a £15,000 order simply because they'd kept in touch with someone, me, who had already said no. Now, their tenacity with their email marketing is what eventually won the customer. But as marketeers, they could have gone further with this. Had they been paying close attention to how I'd been interacting with their emails over time, which you can do depending on the technology you use to send out your emails, then they would have seen that my interaction with their email went something like this. First email they sent to me, I opened. Month two email they sent to me, unopened. Month three email, unopened. Month four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, all unopened. Month nineteen, opened. Month twenty, opened and actually clicked on a link in the email to read more about their latest designs. Had they been paying attention, they would have been able to see that something had happened around month 18. Whatever that reason was that I had said no, a year and a half later, that reason had changed. And that is how email marketing works. Okay, is your head spinning a little bit now? Shall we get back to some seven top tips for subject lines? No, genuinely, understanding all this is what will make your email marketing a whole lot better. Understanding the journey that you need to take a subscriber on your mailing list to transform them to a customer or get them into a a sales conversation, it's really important. 
You need to understand the buying timeline your customer is on. Do they take up to a year and a half to need what you sell? Or are they prone to impulse buys? So a special offer will push them over the line. The Stand Construction Company, they could have sent me a special offer every single week and it just wouldn't have worked because I had no need for them. But the company selling amazing vegan cheese that I met at a vegan fair last month but I haven't bought from yet. Them sending me a special offer that maybe expires in five days time, that might be just what I need to try them out. Or the vegan accountant that I would love to transfer our company over to for my non-vegan accountants. But moving accountants, it's a pain point. And I feel that I don't really know them well enough to take that step. But seeing case studies of other ethical companies that they're looking after and hearing some testimonials from other people in my sector who have used them and loved them, a few months of that followed with a little loving push is probably what I need to make that change. And in case you're wondering how that one ended, we have indeed just moved over to vegan accountants run by Keith Lesser and we couldn't be happier that we did. Right, so now we know the theory behind email marketing. So you use your website, lead magnets, PDF downloads, events that you run, past customer lists and everything else you can think of to build up a mailing list of people who have declared some kind of interest in what you do at some point in the past. Then you use regular email marketing to keep in touch with these people who are all potential future customers, to nurture them, convince them that they can trust you, let them get to know you and become familiar with your brand until they hit some kind of trigger point that then triggers them to become a customer. And sometimes they do that on their own, or sometimes you can help them across that line with a well-timed special offer. Or sometimes a reach-out offer to talk when your email marketing software tells you that this individual person is really interacting with what you're sending them. Sometimes that's what works instead. So now we know how it works, how do you actually get started with all this good stuff? Well, as I said before, the first thing to do is to find a professional email marketing platform. Don't, and I can't say this strongly enough, but don't just start sending bulk email out from your own inbox. As somebody who used to run a web hosting business, I still get cold flushes when I think about how quickly sending out bulk email using something like Outlook from your desktop will get you spam blacklisted, your company blocked and banned by your service provider. Not only is it really time consuming, copying and pasting all those email addresses and messages, it's also the very worst way to do it. Because if I send someone an email from my inbox, I have no idea what they did with it. But if I send somebody an email through a platform like MailChimp, not only can I see who opened that email, I can even see what links they clicked on in that email. And it gives me an idea of who is interested in what. 
So start out on the right foot and pick a platform you're going to use for email marketing that isn't your inbox. And once you've done this, also go a little bit further technically into the platform. There are a number of technical things you can do to make it more likely that the emails you send through an email marketing platform like MailChimp land in somebody's email inbox rather than being flagged as potential spam. Now, you may need to go to your web developer or whoever looks after your website domain name to help you with this bit, but you should really look at getting something called SPF and DKIM records added to your domain name for email marketing. And it's just an extra level of authentication that platforms like MailChimp can use to make your email more likely to get delivered. Now, it's not mandatory. And a lot of people do email marketing without setting up this extra layer of authentication. But it does make a difference. And don't ask me to walk you through setting it up here just go Google it or chat with someone who's good with domain names and things like that. Once you've got your platform sorted, the next thing is to actually start building up a mailing list. Now, for some people, this is actually the easy bit because they will have several years of customers or a CRM system full of their contacts that they can just import. For others, however, this can be a massive wall to climb. How can you start doing email marketing when you've got no one to email? Well, have patience. Email lists, they do grow naturally over time, but you should have a strategy to make them grow faster. So every time you do a show and somebody stops to chat with you on the stand or every new order that you get through your website or every new inquiry that comes through your contact form, you want to get those people onto your mailing list. Least from mine's last business, we had a mailing list of over 20,000 people and that was just great. Now, we didn't abuse that list. So we sent them one really in-depth bit of content each month. We watched who was interacting the most with what we sent out that month. And then we called them up, asking if they had any projects in mind that we might be able to help them with. It produced regular new clients for us like clockwork. But it took more than 10 years to build up that list of that kind of size. When we started out with Vegan Business Tribe, we had a mailing list of exactly zero. So if you find yourself in this position, I've actually got some really good news for you because I did an entire podcast episode just on how to build up a mailing list. So once we finished here, jump back to episode 20 and listen to that one next. And that will teach you everything you need to know about building a mailing list. Because actually getting someone's email address out of them and onto your mailing list, it's harder than you think. I mean, how often do you actively join someone's mailing list? How often do you get a pop-up on somebody's website and just joyfully drop your name and email address into it? Hardly ever. So why do you think that your potential customers will act any differently? Somebody giving you their email address, it is still a transaction. And although they are not giving you money, 
we all know that it's a precursor to that. So you really need to be giving something of value or you need to get a bit more creative to get people to sign up to your mailing list. That's why I did it as a whole separate episode, because there is a lot of broccoli to get your teeth stuck into on that topic. So make sure you go listen to episode 20 next. And that leads us to the final piece in the email marketing puzzle. So once you've got an email marketing platform set up and you're starting to build up your mailing list, what do you actually email to these people to get a result? Well, there are several ways to approach this. And again, I think I'll probably do a future episode just on creating content, as we call it, to go into this in a lot more detail. But it's important that you don't just send information out in your email marketing. You need to send something that makes people take an action. And that action can be simply getting someone to click on a link to read an article on your website or to watch a video on your YouTube channel. Because imagine that you had a vegan cake company, and I use the example of a vegan cake company all the time, mainly hoping that people will start sending us some free vegan cake. But seriously, imagine that you did have a custom cake company, and you wrote an article about tips for planning a vegan wedding, and you uploaded that article to your website. If you email a link to that article out to your mailing list, then it is a fair bet that anyone clicking on that link is either thinking about planning a vegan wedding or they have a friend who is. And those people, they'll probably be in the market for a fully vegan wedding cake. And if you are able to see who on your mailing list has clicked that link, then they are likely to respond really well if you send them a personal message mentioning that you also do vegan wedding cakes and asking if it's any interest to them. If you've got the time and resources, then you will get far better results from email marketing if you segment your email list and send different people different stuff based on what they've bought in the past or what they've shown an interest in or which of your customer profiles they fall into. That's what the big or clever companies do. And they use clever technology to manage this segmentation. They make sure that if a customer is interested in a specific kind of product or service, that they receive emails and offers about that. And if you've got the resources or the technology, then it genuinely does work. However, being realistic and having run too many companies myself, I understand this. But if creating and sending out several different versions of your email marketing every time is a barrier to getting your email marketing going, then one email that goes out to everyone on your list, that will get you more visibility and results than three segmented email campaigns that just never go out because you don't find the time to create them. So my advice at the start would be to keep it simple. Don't try to move people from the top of your marketing funnel straight into buying your product because it rarely works. Use your email marketing to lead people along a buying decision to nurture them. So again, when planning out what you're going to email people on your mailing list, start out with those reasons that stop people buying from you. Remember, 
No need, no desire, no money, no trust, or just no rush. And use your email marketing to address these points. So if you offer a service where you need to prove your expertise and knowledge before people buy from you, then use your email marketing to do just that. Create content that proves you're an expert and use your email marketing to get that content in front of more people. Or maybe you deliver a one-on-one product like a coaching service. Use your email marketing to help potential customers just get to know you better, to sample your personality. And if you're a regular listener to this podcast, you probably feel like you know me a bit by now. And that's great. It's why we share the latest podcast every week in our own email marketing to get more people listening to myself and Lisa. Hopefully, if you've gone through our marketing course on the Vegan Business Tribe website, you will have already created detailed profiles for your customers, so you know what they connect with. You will know why they are part of your audience. And it's important to create a rhythm to your emails that you know they will connect with. Some companies, they only email once a quarter because they know their customers have really long sales cycles. Others send out special offers every single week because they know their customers like to impulse buy. And most of us, we're somewhere in between. So we'll email our lists monthly or fortnightly. At Vegan Business Tribe, we email out content every single week because we're more mission-led and we really want to push the vegan business scene forwards. But we find that this regular rhythm, it just helps keep people motivated and engaged with that mission. Other companies, they only send out emails when they know they have something to say. So, for example, if they offer timely advice or they promote events. And if your subscribers know that you only send out an email when you've got something really valuable to communicate, they will be much more likely to open it when it comes. But what do you actually send someone? So you've built up this audience who is open to hear from you. So how are you going to entertain them? Well, it should be just that. It should be entertaining and interesting. Don't just try to sell to your mailing list because you will get very little results. As my father used to say, he never jumped up to buy a tin of beans just because he saw an advert for one in the paper. So use your email marketing to build a relationship with these people. Get your personality across, and that might be your own personality or the personality of your brand. Try and make a connection, and just remember that we're looking to nurture. You want these people to get to know and like your company and to join you on your mission. So prove your vegan credentials. Introduce these people to your team. Show them behind the scenes. Give them a video tour of your factory or your shop. Share your latest product development ideas with them. Or just update them with where your company is on its vegan mission and how they can help you get there quicker. And there is nothing wrong with selling at the same time as doing all this. But don't spam people with sales messages. Instead, just make sure that you highlight routes for them to buy alongside all your other content. You will have heard me say 
plenty of times that it's not enough to just have a vegan business. You need to have a successful and financially sustainable vegan business if you are ever going to make an impact and help us move towards a vegan world together. So do reach out to people who seem to be showing an interest in what you do. Go through your MailChimp stats and see which individual people are clicking on the links in your emails and send them a message. Now, you don't need to send them a message saying that you've been stalking them and watching what they've been clicking on because that's just creepy. But send them a message keeping in touch and asking if there's anything on their mind at the moment. Because that one last bit of personal connection, that might be just what they need. Your email marketing, that might have got them 90% of the way there. And they just need that last bit of interaction to get them into a sales conversation. Or it might be that they're not actually interested in being a customer, but they can help or link up with your company in a different way. Maybe... They've been interacting with your emails because they're thinking it would be cool to do a collaboration project. Or maybe they were thinking about stocking your product. Okay, we're coming to the end now. And again, apologies if you're a little bit miffed that I didn't go into subject lines and all the pretty stuff around email marketing. And I promise that I will do an episode on creating content in the future. But as I said, as with a lot of marketing, the strategy is the important thing that really makes a difference. You need to understand why you are doing email marketing first before you start to focus on the how. So let's just go back over some of the bullet points of what we've just learned. Point one, email marketing works, but not like you might think. You don't just email a load of people and they buy your product. Instead, you use email marketing to build a relationship with your company or brand. Number two, there are five reasons why people do not buy. No need, no desire, no money, no trust, and no rush. Someone's barrier to not buying, that can change overnight, meaning that when somebody says no to buying your product, often what they're actually saying is, I'm not ready to buy yet. Three, Use email marketing to nurture your contacts. Use it to prove your expertise. Use it to build familiarity and move people along their buying timeline. Four, although mailing lists, they do grow over time, you need a strategy to build up your mailing list quicker. So if you do a show or a vegan fair, make sure you've got a way to capture people's details who stop at your stand. Link your website with your email marketing platform so that people's details can automatically get added to your mailing list. And if you want to learn more about building a mailing list, then jump back to episode 20 of this podcast. Five, use your content to identify which of your contacts are most engaged with what you are selling. If your email marketing platform is telling you that somebody is clicking on all your articles and seems really engaged and is interacting with your emails, then reach out and get in touch with that person to find out why. If they are interacting that much, they will likely be open to a conversation. And point six, 
Be entertaining and educational in your email content. Don't just try to sell to people because that will get very little results. Let people sample your company's personality and let them follow your vegan mission. So, to round back to the original question of does email marketing work? Yes, it does. And it can work really well. But you have to have patience and you have to view it as a long-term activity. And especially more so if you know your customers take a long time to make a buying decision. You also have to understand that email marketing, it might only get your potential customers 90% of the way there. And it might be that once your email marketing has convinced someone that your product will solve their problem, that they can trust your company and made them familiar with your brand, that they still need that little extra nudge to take the next step. That's why no marketing works on its own. And email marketing, it has to be part of a wider strategy that does include reaching out to potential customers that you've identified as likely ready to talk, to get them into a conversation. But, and I know I've mentioned this a couple of times during this session now, but that's why we created the marketing course on the Vegan Business Tribe website, which will walk you through how to create a marketing plan and how all the different bits of your strategy can fit together. And you can take the first module of that course for free. And then the rest of the course, that is one of the many benefits of Vegan Business Tribe membership, which is only £12.99 a month. And the reason I keep plugging this course is not because I'm trying to make money out of you, but because it's our mission to skill up the vegan business sector. And the way we do that is by getting you, as a vegan business owner, better at promoting your business. You don't need to go into this stumbling around in the dark. Many, many people have already learned how to promote a business just like yours. There are established routes and ways to finding customers. You do not need to start from scratch and work it all out yourself. And the sooner you understand this, and the sooner you get better at promoting your business, then the quicker you knock a non-vegan product or service off the shelf. And that's how we get to a vegan world. So that's it for this episode. And as I said, I would love to see you over on the website. And if you're not sure about joining up yet, then just drop me an email on hello at veganbusinesstribe.com and tell me about your business because I am always interested to learn about a great vegan business. One last favour before I let you go, however. First, if your platform allows you to do this, so especially if you're listening to me on iTunes, then if you found this podcast useful, could I ask you to leave us a five-star review just to let other people know that this podcast is worth their time? That really is a massive way you can help our mission. And a big thank you to the people who have already left us reviews. Mine and Lisa's hearts jump for joy each time we see a new one. And then second, if I could ask you to also share this podcast with other vegan businesses you know, 
we are determined to move the vegan business scene forwards with what we're doing. And to do that, we need to get into the ears and the minds of as many other vegan business owners as possible. So if you are in a vegan business Facebook group or a WhatsApp group or a LinkedIn group, or if you just want to share a link to this podcast in an email to somebody who you know, doing any one of those things means I am forever in your debt. So thank you for listening. We always really appreciate you giving up your time. Now go and put into practice what you have just learned and I will see you on the next one.